It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the first ever edition of the Morning After Podcast. Hans Olsen, Lloyd Cole, Scott Gerard. Hope you are all well on a beautiful Sunday morning. We've got two games under our belts in college football and look ahead to the BYU-Utah game. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing great so far, man. I uh, got a really late start to the night and, <laughs> and I am tired now. Do you uh, you want to go into any details there? No. Yeah, dude. Tell us, tell us tell us more. What what exactly did tell you do? Tell me more. Uh, okay, if you must know, <laughs> we went to a new Italian restaurant off Highland at like thirty three hundred South, and then we oh, yeah, the Olive the Olive Garden. I've heard about it. Oh, the Olive Garden. There's there's an Olive Garden there that's in New Mexico, apparently. No. But I then took my wife to an on-stage play of Freaky Friday. Oh, at the Hell Center? Yeah. How was it? It was amazing. Like, it was absolutely emotional. How did, I, uh, talking about the, the, the Jamie Lee Curtis movie? Yeah, how did Lindsay Lohan do? So it was a remake of that, and it's, uh, it's made for on-stage, and it's kind of a musical. There's probably, I don't know, 15 songs that are shared through the night. And it was it was phenomenal. I, I, honestly, so there were, there were two times that I teared up. And then I got emotional at the end of the show because it was the final showing of Freaky Friday, and the cast was all in tears. And you know how that goes, Scotty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds emotional. Yeah, I, I'm. In fact, I'm tearing up over here right now thinking about it. And you, you've been able to play a lot. Have you watched some of the final productions oh, yeah. and how yeah. emotional the, the casting crew did? It, Wait, it so hard. so did so did Amanda like it? Like I said, that, uh, she doesn't like stuff like this. No, she didn't. She goes for me. Uh, I try to go to like anything that Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is <laughs> in because. She likes that garbage, like San Andreas and Skyscraper. Ah, your replacement. Yeah. But but I suffer through that, and then she has to suffer through the stage stuff. That's fair. Mm. Well, that sounds delightful. It was fun. It was an amazing night. I, I loved it. But uh, I did. I was able to get home, turn on the Arizona-Hawaii game, and... <laughs> Had a blast watching the the final quarter and a half of that game. So I uh, I tagged you on Twitter because I wanted to get your thoughts. What about the uh, big defensive lineman chasing down the quarterback on the final play? First of all, that dude's got some motor. Yeah, yeah. Because I saw, I saw he was he was on a backside loop. He'd over pursued Khalil Tate, and <laughs> he gets on his motorcycle and heads on down towards the end zone. I don't. I don't know how he gets there and makes that tackle. And I, and I don't know how Cleo Tate wasn't able to find his way into the end zone. 
And I was just, I was watching Twitter. Did you see Brett McMurphy just tweeted out? That's the fifth consecutive Mountain West Conference yeah. win over a Pac-12 team. Yep. That's not good. Well, that can, no, that completely throws my argument of you have to play against like a like-minded athletic department budget. And, and it's like, what, what do you when you're talking about the Pac-12? That is such a garbage start for the Pac-12. Like, someone in Arizona should be embarrassed. But there were some decent moments last night, but how do you lose that game to start the season in Hawaii? Hawaii ended the season pretty strong last year, but was by no means expected to have a really good team this year. I mean, they were expected to have a pretty good team this year, uh, but but nobody has um, you know as contention in that division at San Diego State or Fresno picked to win. I think they were predicted to finish third in that division. Um, maybe you know a, a bowl game playing in their own bowl game in their there in Hawaii, but. Uh, nobody really had too many high expectations for this Hawaii team. And, and I don't think they play particularly great. I mean, they turned the ball over five times last night and still ended up winning the game. So uh, it was just a really garbage performance by Arizona. Four interceptions for Cole McDonald. Yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> Dude throws for four touchdowns four and he gets benched. Yeah. Right. Like, that's, that's pretty bad. And by the way, you got to be looking at your chops. If you're anybody playing Arizona, because they just give up 45, point, 45 points. Well, and this is, uh, you know, even back to last year when BYU's catching their stride at the beginning of the year, they're trying to yeah. find a win here and there. And, and they were able to sneak one out against Kevin Sumlin, weren't they? Yep. Yeah, I think it was the first game of the year. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if, Summers, if Kevin Sumlin's around for the long haul. This seems like this team is struggling right out of the gates. I mean, why? I, I, I get it. You know, sometimes you catch a team off guard. And I was also watching kind of Twitter, saw some people talking about how this is why Pac-12 teams take an FCS team to start the season because they start slow. And it's like, wait, what? No. <laughs> Can't use that as an excuse. No. Go look at your athletic department's budget, man. It's three, maybe four times what Hawaii is. Yeah, you can't you can't lose these games. These power five teams that are losing these openers, especially when you've got a former Heisman candidate and a returning thousand plus yard rusher. It's unbelievable. And I'm happy for Hawaii, and I'm really happy for the Mount West Conference because you guys know the better the Mount West Conference does, the more likely they get the New Year's Six bit. And if Utah State can stick in there and and play their butts off like they did last year, then maybe get they get that New Year's Six nod. So you want these Mount West Conference teams to win, but, man, I'm embarrassed for Arizona. Well, it's a bad look for the Pac-12, Lloyd. There's no doubt about it. And it's just uh, more of the same and more criticism right out of the gate. And even if somebody else like Utah goes on a run or – Washington plays well or Oregon plays well, this will be something that people will joke about and make fun of. And, and because the Pac-12 is the butt of everybody's joke in college football right now. And they, they, need, they need to find a, I don't know, they need to find a way to show, to show better in these games. I mean, and now, I mean, now, I mean, you can look, okay, we, we're, we both, I know we'll probably give our, you know, I don't know, maybe we're not going to give our predictions right now, but I mean, the feeling all, all, Summer has been, oh man, you, you know, Utah should beat BYU. But imagine 
imagine if BYU, say, pulls off this upset. It's at home. Pulls off this upset, they beat Utah. So now you have Arizona that lost to Hawaii. You have Utah that loses to BYU. Uh, you have you, you have um, Stanford. I mean, Stan, well, that's, 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 that's actually a pretty good game, Stanford taking on Northwestern. But, I mean, Colorado taking on Colorado State. Can you imagine if Col- that, there's a chance Colorado Yeah, Colorado, Colorado State. Colorado State's going to be better this year. There's no doubt. Colorado yeah. State could win that game. I mean, by the way, Colorado's favored by 13. But imagine, imagine if they do upset them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it could be it could be a rough week right out of the right out. Of, I mean, it already it's already started off bad uh, for the Pac-12. I mean, you, these other games come up. I mean, you, it could be a really rough start for the Pac-12. Did you say that spread? <laughs> did you say that spread is thirteen? Thirteen right now for Colorado. For all you kids out there, uh, remember entertainment purposes only. But I'd be heavily, heavily interested in Colorado plus the thirteen in that game. Sorry, hands. <laughs> you know, you could look at this and say that it's good news for Utah because regardless of how good the other teams are in the Pac-12, if Utah goes to it undefeated and and they're able to win that Pac-12 championship, you know, that that's all the better for them. I thought Arizona with Tate and Taylor in the backfield was, it was going to be potentially a dangerous team. But like by the way, out, like Lloyd pointed out, their defense isn't going to be able to do anything for them. By the way, I'm, I'm sure I know you guys. You guys saw this because it was blowing up. You said you saw Lee Corso's uh, playoff uh, playoff teams and national championship teams, right? Yeah, rematch yeah. of 08. Right. Let's roll. Like that? Yeah. Like, okay, is that like a Lee Co- uh, Like I don't know if I want Lee Corso picking my teams. I feel like he has like a little bit of a curse to him. Like he doesn't like. I don't think he's very accurate these days. Is, is, does that feel like a curse to you? Uh, it's. I think the whole thing kind of feels like a bit of like a curse if I were Utah. Because how often do those? Because everybody wants to reach for the dark horse. Everybody, because right. you know, it's easy to say Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, um, you know, Oklahoma. I mean, it's really easy to do that because more often than not, you're going to be right. And if you're wrong, nobody really beats you up on it. But if you if you go outside the box and you find somebody like Utah and they hit and then afterwards you'd be like, well, I was the only one who said this. You know, it's like like that's what guys reach a lot on stuff like this because they they want to they want to separate themselves. And uh, a lot of times it doesn't hit. And a lot of times guys just do it. You know, I, I don't know. It's just it seems like there's a lot of attention coming Utah's way. And you're right. It just feels weird. It feels like, uh, you know, I don't know, a little cringeworthy. And you're right. Lee Corso is not a uh, overall stellar with his picks. Well, I can tell you this. Uh, I, and you guys saw it. It blew up on social media yesterday. And it kind of mixed reaction from fans, someone bracing it, someone fighting it. And the way I look at it, I think every fan should get involved and enjoy the preseason hype and, and enjoy the excitement of it and have fun with it and even tweet it and hype it and join in with it. Like that that's that's what a fan's job is and that's the fun that they get to have with a team and I I'd say more power to them. It's it's the locker room and the coaches' offices that struggle with this kind of stuff. Well, are you eating a cup of noodles? <laughs> no, I'm not. Lloyd, 
I'm not eating a cup I of just, noodles. I just, I just heard a microwave. I, yeah, what was that, Lloyd? It's not a microwave. It was, was it the washer? Okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Currently, I am in a shirt, and I am porky-pigging it right now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> So I need some underwear. My underwear are in the dryer. So I just, I just started the dryer. Oh my God. You got By the way, I am not joking. I am not joking. You have a shirt on and nothing else. Yep. You shirt have, on and nothing else. Lloyd, you have kids. What are you doing? No, no, no. They, they're gone. I have the house myself. I kicked them out of the house. Everybody's gone. Oh, man. You, you need this. Max is looking at me. Max is looking at me weird, though. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> oh, man. That is ridiculous. See, anyway. way, this, is, this is what you're going you're gonna to get on the morning after podcast. You're going to get <laughs> great post-game, great morning after breakdown of games the night before. And oh, me, porky, me, porky, pigging it. Well, hopefully, they don't get too much you, porky, pigging it. <laughs> back, to, back to the point I was making. Everybody should have fun with all this preseason hype. But this is gonna, it is gonna put Coach Whittingham and this staff in the overdrive, trying to keep the noise away from the kids, because I've been around teams and I've actually been on teams that believe in their own hype and you get caught when you believe in your own hype. You just, it, it's not intentional. It's just something about the way you prepare. It's something about the way you go on the field. You know, we were talking to Coach Mack on football Fridays and Coach Mack was like, they're going to walk into Redford Stadium like they own it. And I asked Coach Mack, is that a good thing? He goes, no, not really. It's not. It's not a good thing. You know, you, you get that that air of confidence and it takes the, the motor, the focus, because in your mind, you're thinking, oh, I'm just going to go out there and win this game. And I, I can remember being energized and thinking, even, even down to the detail of, well, this is a, this is a, a stat rack up for me. I, I just want to go out as many tackles as I can. I just want to blow this place up because I can, I beat these teams, I beat this team, this team doesn't have any right being on the field and, and that's when you get caught. The next thing you know, you're, you're being hit on an angle and you're down by 10 and everybody's looking around like deer in headlights. So coaches have to guard away, guard the team from having any of this hype getting into the minds of these players. And they have to force them to believe that they're not as good as the media is telling them they are. And that's going to be a tough job for them. I just... I, I I don't know, mate. You know, you you bring up a good point. Mac brings up a good point. He just seems like after last year, I can't imagine Utah comes into this game not with the right focus and not with the right mindset. But you think it could still happen? Well, if if they, <laughs> I do because if they're sitting there thinking, guys, we put up thirty five points and a half. Oh, what was it? Thirty five points. It was a thirty five points and. Was it 20%? Yeah, just about. Right. Um, they, they could sit there and look at it and say, guys, we put 35 points in, in, in 23 minutes on these guys. All we got to do is go do what we did in the in the second half of that game. You guys are tough. They were lucky to be in it. You know, like this is, this is some of the, the mindset that could actually creep in 
locker room. So I do think they've got good season. And I don't see guys like I feel like I know Bradley and I or Jalen Johnson enough to believe that they're going to fight all that away from the team and be good leadership and not let people believe it. But it is crazy because in certain areas of the locker room, certain guys are talking and they buy into it. They buy into their own strengths and their own draft stock and their own preseason races. And, you know, your name in the, in the Pac-12 preseason polls and, and in the Pac-12 preseason first, second season. They just have to make sure they shut all that noise out and believe that everything they earn or, or everything that they get is earned. And I, I did a part like my uh, my senior year in high school. I know go back to my high school days. My senior year in high school, we were expected to run the table. They printed a, a, a news article in the Idaho Statement, a statement and it, the headline was uh, Weezer, Weezer Wolverine Untouchable. And I started believing it, and all the teams started believing it, and it was it, it turned up to be, to be bad. We they got the state championship, but we bought in our own hype. I thought we were going to walk through the state championship untouched. And we all started buying the hype. And we didn't stay focused, and we didn't have the attention we needed. That that, that happens to teams that are overhyped. But that's one thing that I think Nick Saban must be a mastermind at. Yeah. Because every year he's the first and second team, and every year he finishes first and second. And he, he, he has to keep them focused. We got complete. Well, I think I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lloyd. No, uh, I, I think it's. I know we say this. There, you know, every game you say, "God, you got to get out." You know, have a fast start. You got to score quick. I think it's, this year it's more important than ever uh, for Utah against BYU, and vice versa for both. Um, I mean, for Utah to score and say, "Okay, see, this 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 is who we are." Because if you if you have you know drive stall, uh, your first drive stall, your second drive stall. I'm telling you that that can that can ball up and and BY all of a sudden BYU has which they already seem to have all the confidence in the world anyways. So, but, but you, you they get two stops like that, and you know you could have a similar start to what you had last year. And, it, 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 and I'm not saying hey Utah can't overcome that because obviously they've shown they can, they can overcome that. But but you you don't you don't want to make it a habit. How do you think? All right, so Lloyd, you bring up a really good point, uh, and we'll spend you know all this week talking about this. Hans, how do you think this game starts between Utah and BYU? Does one team come out fast? Do you think BYU comes out fast and loose and uh, may jump out to an early lead? I believe I can believe that both of these teams are going to score early. Yeah, I, I know even against that Utah defense. Yeah, I, I know typically offenses are are delayed and, and you've got sloppy games. I mean, you guys watch that Hawaii-Arizona game and how many interceptions. They do put up a lot of points, but um, you get some sloppy offense out of the game. I think that they have so much film from last year and they've had so much time to game plan a series against the defense and the personnel that they know is out there that that 
I think that they're going to have some design and some skill for what they can do offensively. Now, whether Brian Thompson catches the ball or drops it, uh, or whether Matt Bushman is able to get over the top of the, of the safety and catch that, that deep seam, all those things are yet to be played out. But I guess I, I just from the film review that I watched, if I was a, a mastermind offensive coordinator and I had five, six weeks or, or three months to try to put something together in a match of what I have versus what they have, I feel like I could find the team. Now, defenses will make adjustments, and, and I'm sure you guys will figure things out and slow it down, but I, I expect a couple of early scores uh, and, and kind of a focused offense. But these offenses have had good chance. There was there were times to Utah Kevin, and of course this is going through a, a lot of the lines that I have through that University of Utah um, uh, program. That there were times to camp that the Utah defense was shutting down the Utah offense, mm. but there were also times where that Utah offense was really finding stride. And it was beginning and ending with Tyler Huntley. So I've got a feeling that, that Utah offense is going to be pretty potent coming out of the game here at the gate. And I've, I've said Brian Thompson to you guys a hundred times. I expect him to have two targets, maybe three targets and two catches, two targets and two catches in that very first drive. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if he's the first to score for Utah. Hmm. All right, gentlemen, first ever morning after podcast. Uh, we will do this every Sunday morning uh, throughout the football season, and who knows how long we'll keep it going. Uh, any the entire season, Scotty, we are devoted to this. No, no, I said every football season. I just didn't know if we'd roll it through basketball season or not. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying, like, how long we'll do this through the football season. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Wait, no. we're, we're committed. Yeah, just just like our just like our last two podcasts. Yeah, can I can I mention two things? Yeah, what do you guys think about Andrew Luck retiring? Um, I I wish him nothing but the best. I think that fans booing him are idiots, and they should be banned from the stadium and banned from all existence. And I think that uh, idiot media members who are calling him soft are morons and a man has decided because of the pain and the anguish that he's got enough money in the bank and wants to walk away we should wish him well say thank you and let him ride off in the sunset and I, kind of, I, I kind of i echo scotty's thoughts i thought it, i thought the fans booing was bush i thought like i mean that's your that's your own fans and i i just if a guy if a guy is playing in pain and it's better that he realizes it now then and you know he doesn't want to be, you know. Granted, Peyton Manning has got a he's got a pretty good life set for him. He's had a hell of a career, but I mean, he doesn't want to be where he, I mean he can't move his body, and that's kind of how he's been. And he's just realizing like my body can't take it anymore. It can't do it. It's you know I don't think the guy the guy gave it his all. He's not going to be one of those players that has you know has regrets for quitting because I think he he gave it his all. He gave it what he could, you know. And his body just you know you know what sometimes. Those those injuries don't catch up with players, and it it doesn't allow you to do what you want to do and be who you who you were at one point, and that's that's who he is. He's not he he can't be who he was. 
So I, I'm 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 perfectly fine with it, and I think that you know I, I I'm with you. I think the fans and the media members that were calling him Bush uh, or calling him soft, uh, I think I think that's garbage. I think at some point those Colts fans are going to want that moment back. You know, they're going to they're going to want that chance to have Mark walking off the final time and not look like uh, a crowded moron. Yep. And I got to I got to play in front of that Indianapolis Colts crowd, and I actually fell in love with those fans. Like I, they they were they were for the two and a half years when I was cutting that third year, they were so good to me. And then when I came back to the Firebirds. They were incredible. Just great fans, but the this is a level of embarrassment that I don't know, man. It's, to, to do, like, you know, you think about that. I don't know if it would be like Derek Favors last year, maybe about that 10 years. Because what was Luck? Seven years in? Eight years in? Yeah. He was a rookie in 2012, so he's only 29 years old. Yeah, so seven years in. And and walks away. Think about that. That'd be favors right before Stephen declaring to the Jazz fans in a moment where he's going to be on the court the next day and he's retiring. I just don't think Jazz fans handle it that way. Yeah. I think they look at guys twice. I think they look at injuries and concussions and lacerated. What did he get a lacerated? Maybe, maybe a chicken yep. or something? Yeah, the list of injuries that he's had throughout his career has just been startling. And yeah. Raiders fans and Eagles fans think that they was Bush what they did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just man, I, I I think that at some point the Colts fans are going to want that back. And I was looking at a list of of surprise retirements. I didn't realize Jim Brown retired at age twenty nine, and that the year he retired was following the year where he was the leading rusher in yards yeah. and touchdowns in the NFL. And and I didn't realize Barry Sanders was only 31. I was thinking he was 34 or 35. Yeah, I remember the Barry one taking the world by storm, too, when, when he shut it down. Oh, because he was going to shatter Walter Payton's oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. record. He was going to shatter it with with a terrible offensive line. The, the Lions never, have, never had a good team. I mean, he was going to shatter it with that team. Mm. And then the only other one I could remember was Calvin Johnson and – Calvin Johnson had a 1,300-yard receiving season the year before. Remember, Megatron caught it quick. Yeah. So I, I can appreciate these guys. You know, I, I always wondered if I'd be the guy, if I would have made it eight years and nine years and signed that multi-million-dollar contract, I wondered if I'd have been the guy that lost the passion. Like my buddy, I, I always talk to you guys about that on the turkey farm. You know, like, he just, it was a means to an end. He just wanted the money so he could do what he wanted to do. Well, I mean, and I think I think between Lux injuries and and racking up the money and and having it in front of him and whatever he's currently dealing with, he made the decision he wanted to make. Well, I was always impressed when you talked about when you know because you could have played. Um, Many, many more years in the AFL, I'm sure, uh, as long as the mm-hmm. league was around. Uh, but you walked away from it to start the radio career. And I thought it was interesting how you mentioned uh, when, uh, you know, when training camp would have began, you didn't have any second doubts. Like, you're like, I'm living my best life right now. Like, I don't miss this. Oh, it felt so good. It just, it felt so good. It felt good because I did 
have another career to transition into and something that I had a lot of passion for. Um, and, and I felt like it was the right thing to do. And I didn't have the spotlight or, or nearly the scrutiny, but it did catch my team off guard. There's no question. It caught, it caught everybody off guard. But, man, it was just, it was the right thing to do. And, yeah, I, I never had time. I, I don't think he will either, Scotty. He'll, he'll be upset for a minute about these Colts fans, but he'll, yeah. he'll go to Twitter and he'll see on social media that everybody's just, you know, loving them and attacking he, he loved them up in the presser, and he heard what they did. But, it, I mean, it's not like he was going to come out and kill them anyways. Yeah. He was retiring. But, I mean, he heard it. He loved them up. I would. He, he, I, I think, yeah. I would if I, if I were him. I'd just be like, you know what? Give him double barrels. I'm like, I'm getting the crap. I'm getting the heck out of here, and I'm going to Southern California, and you guys can deal with these winners. I'm out. <laughs> well, God, uh, you have no, you have no class. Well, those, those fans like had no class. class. That was you're disgusting. A, you're a Broncos fan. Okay, <laughs> Raider fan. <laughs> Calm down over there. Porky picking it, man. Yeah. Like, don't, don't sit there with a shirt, nothing on the lower half, and tell somebody else they're low class. Hey, I, you know what? Don't judge me. At least I'm here doing the show, okay? Don't judge me. All right. Hey, uh, the, other, the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, did you guys see last night the, the starting cornerback for Tennessee got arrested in a domestic violence case where he placed a threat to and, and I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but something along the lines of shoot things up or shoot them up. And he was arrested and I think just released from jail this morning. And uh, that's a huge blow for Tennessee. Bryce Thompson was going to be a stud for them. So uh, a big blow for Tennessee. And then you guys have seen everything that's happened with their offensive line. I think Tennessee's going to be a fast. Uh, I'm I'm telling you right now, like you know, and I know that we still have the Utah game and potential injuries and stuff like that. But right now, I'm picking BYU to beat Tennessee. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I feel that way too. I think Tennessee is going to really find themselves in a world of hurt. They, they had a couple of offensive linemen retire. And yeah, they just they I don't know they're they're really hurting them, and this is going to be a huge distraction for them. I, well, I was reading through the story and I was I was sick for this guy. I don't know if he had kind of a breakdown or if he was drunk or, or what happened, but he said some things you just can't say in 2019. So <laughs> I think he's going to be in trouble. All right, gentlemen. See you tomorrow. This is your morning after podcast. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and uh, we'll kick things off tomorrow at noon right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.